so strange but appealing. Welcome to the Bump Shop Diaries. Join us, perhaps you may want to listen to a Bump Shop story. Welcome back to the Bump Shop Diaries. Today's episode is going to be something I've wanted to do for a while, and I'll tell you about that in a minute. What you should be hearing is an episode between me and Garrett, but what had happened is, you know how they call, like, Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, and they call Flint a shithole. Well, what they call Cleveland is a city of forgetting. Forgetting the hell out of there, because it's in Ohio, and nobody wants to be there. But also, I forgot the whole fucking podcast gear at Greg's house. We went into the city, then we stopped at Garrett's, and then I realized I left all my shit back at Greg's. So, we didn't get to record an episode. I had a great fucking weekend. Got to check out a bunch of different spots in Cleveland, see the fucking Creep Cycles headquarters. Um, It was a good fucking weekend. Got to hang out with some friends. It was a lot of fun. Um, And then once I got back home, I've been sick for the last week, so fucking Cleveland. But uh, I want to let you guys know the Chevy Vans t-shirt will be off the website at the end of the month. So you got a few days yet to go grab that if you haven't. And also I'm going to pull off the Choppers t-shirt. That will be gone at the end of the month. So again, you got a couple days to grab that. We did just put up some new designs. The Kawasaki Choppers t-shirt in honor of the great Jet Bike Josh. And uh, Christy has some hand-drawn joints up. The Dig Upper Bones Flathead Chopper Tee. And the... uh, fucking trash pinup girl design which is super dope so go check those out as always uh you can grab some new shit some vintage shit we also have the hardtail black coffee congregation coffee available on the website um i'm am working on changing that roast so if you haven't tried that yet go get you a bag um like i said it's perfect for brewing up a cup and uh cutting that suspension off the back of your bike but uh so today's episode is actually an idea i've had for over a year um originally it was going to be the gimmick of whatever podcast i started i was like this is its own thing um and it's just reading a biker story an old biker story this one's from 1976 I'm going to call this episode story time. Uh, There will probably be more like this in the future sprinkled in with interview podcast and hanging out with Josh podcast, trashing on stuff. Um, So I'm just going to kind of sprinkle these in throughout. I always thought it would be a cool idea. I like reading old shit and uh, I'm just going to read it. And uh, if you want to, you know sit Indian style on the magic carpet and listen along, go ahead. If not, I guess shut it off (laughs) because it's just going to be me reading. I think it's a cool story. It's called Born to Raise Hell. Join us, perhaps you may want to listen to a Bump Shop story. New and vintage merch available at BumpShopBackroom.com. BumpShopBackroom.com. The first time I saw him scared the hell out of me. I'd heard a lot about him, so I knew he was my uncle. My dad said he was a dirty, lazy, no-account son of a bitch who'd steal you blind. My mom said he was young and a little reckless. Personally, I think he fit right in between those two opinions. 
There were six of us living in a two-room shack down in the slums. My stepfather, my mother, my grandmother, my sister, my brother, and me. The city dump bordered one side of our neighborhood, and the railroad tracks were on the other side. Mom used to talk endlessly about saving enough money to move out of there, but money was scarce even though my old man was making top wages considering that the war had ended only a few years previously. My old man was an alcoholic. He'd go to work alright, but when he'd get his check on payday, he went straight to the nearest bar. When this happened, we'd never see him until Sunday night when some cab driver poured him on the back porch of our house. Mom would help him inside and go through his pockets to see how much he had left. Sometimes she'd find five dollars, sometimes ten, but seldom enough for food and rent. Then she'd sit in the old rocker by the stove and cry herself to sleep. I'd ask Grandma why Daddy made her cry, but she'd only mutter something about the war, then tell me to go to sleep. It was Friday morning and my dad had left for work. I was standing out in the yard trying to keep my clothes clean like Mom had asked me to. Then in the distance I heard the roar of an engine. At first I thought it was old man George working on somebody's car again. I ran out in the road to take a better look. There was a big cloud of dust coming my way and moving very fast. As it got closer, I could see that it wasn't a car at all. It was a motorcycle. I felt a shiver of excitement run through me. Nobody in our neighborhood owned a Harley, and I wondered who it was. My question was answered a few seconds later when the rider hit the brakes and brought the big bike to a sliding halt right by our house. I closed my eyes as the dust trail that the bike had stirred up came rolling past us. When I looked again, I saw the rider clearly. He was the biggest, ugliest, dirtiest man I'd ever seen in my eight years of being in this world. He wore an old Harley hat with what the Air Force movies I had seen called a 50 Mission Crush. And even though it was a very hot, sticky day in the middle of summer, he had on a big leather jacket with silver zippers everywhere. His dirty Levi's were rammed down inside a black pair of engineer boots, and I could see the handle of a hunting knife sticking out of the top left boot. There was a big metal buckle belt around his waist, and it sure didn't look like it was there to hold up his pants. He pushed his hat back on his head, then took off his sunglasses and started to clean them with an old oil rag, replacing them somewhat cleaner than before. He looked me straight in the eye. You know where the younger family lives, boy? I couldn't get any words out, so I just nodded my head. He sat there for a few seconds looking around. Well... Since you know, maybe you'd be willing to let me know, he said matter-of-factly. Still, no words came out of my mouth, even though I thought of what to say, so I just pointed towards our house. He put down the kickstand, laid the big bike over, swinging his right leg up and over all in one smooth motion. You wouldn't happen to be Vanny's little boy, would you? I nodded. You sure are a skinny youngin'. As we walked up to the back door, he dropped his hand on my head and asked, your daddy's still getting drunk? I nodded again. It figures. One of these days your mama's gonna get wise and get rid of that bastard. He sounded really upset. Fact is, she should have done it years ago. Mommy, mommy, there's some man here to see you. Mama walked in from the other room. Her eyes got big with surprise and I thought for a minute that she was gonna cry. Hugh! Hugh Powell! She threw her arms around him and kissed him on the cheek. Hugh! Excitement flooded me. Hugh Powell, my uncle Hugh? The one the whole family was always talking about? Last we'd heard, he was somewhere in California. I ran outside and read the license plate on the Harley. Cal 48. It was him. 
Back inside, we were all sitting at the kitchen table. Mom made some coffee, and I sat there as they talked and talked. I didn't hear much of the conversation. I was too engrossed in the fascination at the size and dress of the big man. It took a while before it registered that they were talking about my stepdad. When the words finally soaked in, I heard my Uncle Hugh saying, Hell, sis, don't put up with that shit. Get rid of that bastard or you'll never get out of this dump. Mama just dropped her head down and was staring at the floor. Hugh slapped the table with his hand. Shit, if you won't do it for yourself, what about the kids? Look at this boy, skinny as a rail. He glanced at me and then back to my mom. I bet those pants he's got on are about the only ones he had. Mama shook her head. No, they ain't. He's got a good pair he wears to school. Hugh's voice got really loud. A pair? One pair? God damn it, sis. He needs more than one goddamn pair of pants for school. Mom's face turned red with embarrassment. It's the best we can do right now, she whispered. The hell it is. If that worthless son of a bitch you married would bring the money home instead of drinking it up, the kid would have ten pair, maybe twenty pair. Mama started crying. Just tears without any sound. I'd seen her do it before. I got up, walked over to stand behind her chair and stroke her hair. Uncle Hugh sat there for a few minutes, then put his hand against the side of her face, wiping the tears away with his palm. His voice was real low and soft when he said, Okay, sis, okay. But I will still say it ain't right. He promised to bring the check home tonight, Mama's voice was trembling. Hugh, he promised. Sure, sis, sure. But I'm awful tired of seeing you hurt like this. Tired of hearing about you being pushed around. You deserve better. Mama smiled. Later, Hugh took me for a ride on his bike. We went uptown to the supermarket, and I was just praying that I'd see Bobby or some of the kids from my neighborhood. And even though I never did get a chance to show off a little, it didn't dampen the thrill that I got from riding on the Harley. Silently, I promised myself that when I got old enough, I was going to buy me a bike, just like my Uncle Hugh. The ride back home wasn't quite as much fun because I was trying to hold on to three bags of groceries that Hugh had bought at the store. Grandma made the cornbread, Mama fried the chicken. It was a meal like we seldom saw around our house. And it was even better because Uncle Hugh was there. 4 p.m., Daddy was late. Mama said he'd be home soon. Uncle Hugh shook his head. 8 p.m., Daddy still wasn't home. Out drinking again. Say, sis, let me take the boy with me for a while. I've got some things to do uptown, okay? Mama hesitated. Come on, Mom. I pleaded. I'll be okay. Please, Mom. Mama smiled. Okay, but you hang out real good now, you hear me? Don't clown around. Don't fall off. I won't, Mom. I won't. When we got uptown, Hugh stopped the bike in the alley, turning off the lights. He said, You know how to handle this throttle? I shook my head. Okay. Put your hand here and just give it a little twist like this now and then. Not much, you mind, he warned. Just a little. Just keep the engine running. Got it? Yeah, I got it. Okay, now you stay here. Do that for me until I get back. It didn't seem like he was gone but a couple minutes. When he came running back, jumping on the bike, he kicked it into gear and didn't even turn the lights on. We tore out of that alley so fast I almost went flying off the back. As we got on the main highway, he flipped the lights on and increased the speed. The wind brought tears to my eyes and I ducked my head directly behind his broad back to shield my face from its flow. I'd only been to Middletown a few times in my life. We'd done all of our shopping in Franklin because Mom said things were cheaper there. Besides, you could walk to Franklin from our house and you'd have to take a taxi to Middletown. Taxis cost money. 
Hugh parked in the lot of a big department store and we went inside. May I help you, sir? asked the salesman. Yeah, I want some pants for the boy. Any particular brand, sir? Nope, just so the last. Get him ten or eight pairs. The look on the salesman's face changed to a big smile. Yes, sir. Ten pairs of pants and ten shirts later I was trying on some shoes. How they feel, boy? asked Uncle Hugh. Really neat, I answered. Hugh turned to the salesman. Okay, two pairs of these. You got any boots? Ones that'll fit the boy? Why, yes, sir. Why, sure. I'm sure we do. Get them. Then socks and t-shirts and shorts were all added to the list. It was more clothes than I'd ever owned in my life, and I wanted to wear them all at the same time. When we got back home, Mama cried as she looked at all my new clothes. Reaching into one of his many pockets of his jacket, Hugh handed Mom a big roll of money. Get yourself a little something, too, he ordered. And the little ones. And Mama, too. Mama just shook her head. Now I'm going to have a beer or two. I'll uh, take the boy with me if he ain't sleepy. I ain't sleepy, Mom. I ain't a bit sleepy. We went to the hilltop bar. I was in a hurry to get inside so I could show off my new clothes. Beer for me ordered Hugh and a Coke for the boy. We sat at the bar for a while. Then Hugh went over and started playing pool with some guys. Then I heard a bunch of arguing and Hugh came back to sit by me. There's going to be some trouble, boy. That bunch over there don't think you're supposed to win and quit. I looked over to where the men were standing, whispering to each other. They're trying to get up enough courage between them to jump on me. Hugh's voice was as calm as if he were telling a joke. And he was smiling. There's six of them, Uncle Hugh. Right? And in a few minutes, I'll give you a lesson in how to handle that kind of shit. The voices got louder, and I heard a few cuss words coming from the group. Once in a while, I could see them from the corner of my eyes, staring at us. If Hugh saw it, he didn't show any concern. Finally, one of the guys stepped up from the circle and yelled, Hey, hey, bike bum! You want to try that last game again? Hugh turned slowly around and stared at the guy when he spoke. It was very low. Up your ass, boy. The loudmouth walked slowly towards us. He held a pool cue in his hand. I heard tell you bike bums are supposed to be tough. He laughed. But do you think you can handle all six of us? There were a few snickers from the others. Hugh let the question hang in the air, then looked straight at Loudmouth. Now, boy, he drawled out. If I was you, I wouldn't let your alligator mouth overload your canary asshole. Absolute silence. But then I couldn't expect much more from the likes of you. I guess that old rumor is true. You punks just can't seem to get in a fight unless you got five or six dudes to back you up. More silence. Personally, where I'm from, we don't need five or six to back us up. Why, hell, we just square off and let the best man win. I was afraid to breathe. But then I don't expect you punks to understand anything about that. Loudmouth's jaw dropped open, but no words came out. Looking past him, Hugh directed his next remarks at the guys standing at the pool table. You boys are pretty damn rough, probably. I sure do imagine you are. Fair fighters, too, I bet. Hard to find a man to fill that bill nowadays. Too many cowards around who like to have them their five or six to one odds. Hugh slid off the bar stool and stood there shaking his head. Seems a damn shame that a man ain't got enough guts to whip his own horse. Hugh shrugged his shoulders, but that's the way it goes, I guess. 
So let's get this shit on with. Now that old loudmouth has talked y'all into helping him fight his fight. One of the five spoke up. Man's right, Chester. By God, you started this by yourself. And as far as I'm concerned, you can damn well finish it by yourself. The others agreed. Loudmouth was in a real mess. Even at the age of eight, I could see that. Just when he thought he had him some real backing, they had deserted him. And everything that had been laid down so neatly by my Uncle Hugh that the guy didn't even have the option to back down from the fight, to do so would have made him look like he was afraid of the bike bum. And if he went on, he was all by himself. Loudmouth swung the pool cue in a wide arc. Ducking his head, Hugh stepped towards him and landed a solid blow to the stomach. Loudmouth bent over at the impact of the punch, but Uncle Hugh helped straighten him up with a roundhouse right to the nose. Crunch. Blood flew everywhere. Two lefts and three rights, one after the other. The old loudmouth was laid to rest at the feet of his friends, out cold. Hugh threw me a wink and a smile as he turned around to walk back to his stool. Down in his beer, he said, Okay, boy, let's get you home before your mama starts to worry. Later, he told me, Always remember, boy, a coward's still a coward, whether he's by himself or with a hundred others. Single out the loudmouth, Make the whole thing a matter of pride. Chances are the others will feel like they're being used. And then when you get old loudmouth out there on that limb by himself, kick his goddamn ass. Next day when I got up, Uncle Hugh was gone. Daddy said the law was looking to question him about an armed robbery that occurred in Franklin the night before. I don't really know anything about that because i never seen the law at our house. I do know that Daddy stopped his drinking, and three weeks later we moved out of that slum area to a house in Middleton. Mama never would talk about it. Daddy swears he did it because he wanted to. Grandma says that Uncle Hugh found Daddy in a beer joint and had a little talk with him about his drinking. All I know about that is, Daddy looked like a truck hit him. Later we heard that Uncle Hugh was dead. Some say a train hit him, some say the law shot him, some say he died in a barroom brawl in California. Me? I really don't know. And I just like to ignore the people who talk like they do know. Besides, I can't picture that man ever dying. Why, even if he did, my Uncle Hugh would talk to the devil into giving him a pass back. Nope, he ain't dead. To my way of thinking, hell... I can still see him just as plain as day, sitting there astride his beloved Harley, Levi's dirty, boots scuffed up, big black leather jacket with its thousand silver zippers and chains, and of course his old Harley hat with its fifty mission crush, sitting there cleaning his sunglasses. I still remember the clothes he bought me, the money he gave mom, and my first ride on a Harley, along with the promise I made myself to own one someday. But most of all, I remember the tattoo he had on his right forearm. It was a sword with a snake coiled around it, and underneath that was written the words that fit the man perfectly. Born to raise hell. No and vintage merch available at BumshopBackroom.com. BumshopBackroom.com.